0: This episode of The Moment is sponsored by Braintree. If you're working on a mobile app and searching for a simple payment solution, check out Braintree. With one simple integration, you can offer your customers every way to pay, period. To learn more and for your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free, go to braintreepayments.com slash moment. And by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Casper
1: mattresses come with free delivery and returns within a 100-day period. Right now, get $50 towards any mattress by visiting casper.com moment and using the promo code MOMENT. The following podcast contains explicit language.
0: Hey, this is The Moment. I'm Brian Coppelman. Thanks for listening. I wanted to say, if you have found this podcast through the Slate Daily Feed, welcome. Really glad to uh, have you be part of this conversation. I just want you also to know that there are over 60 episodes of The Moment um, in The Moment's feed, which is at iTunes.com slash The Moment. You can subscribe to get uh, all the new episodes, but you can also go through the back catalog there for free. There are great episodes up there with guests like Killer Mike, Seth Godin, Seth Meyers. No other Seths, I don't think. Mario Batali, Tony Robbins, uh, Jesse Klein, Amy Schumer, Bill Hader, and uh, many more filmmakers, artists, writers. So uh, if you dig this conversation, go check out the catalog.
1: Um, I don't know. Writing songs for another record, doing it's like there's always like little shows, and I think like oh we'll do this show here and we'll do this show here and we'll just, you know and, and then it's like well that's the month like it's over. No, I it's know. we doing three shows. It's a month because they're all like different and I have to do different rehearsals or like. You know, I mean, there's this one dumb thing, which you go like, oh, I'm going to sing one Dylan song. How hard that, could that be? And then I, you listen to it and try to sing you're like, oh, it could be really hard because that is exactly not what I do. I'm not like a jammer. I like the meter and the rhythm and the melody is different. Every goddamn line. It's but, impossible. But, because
0: you're a perfectionist.
1: Well, but I can't, it's like, but I also, it's not my skill set. I just can't, I just can't do it. Like to, you know what I mean? Like, you mean you? What, which, I don't know which how thing he can does do? it. Like he, he has a bunch of words and then he like crams them in sort of in a way that works. Oh, yeah. But like, it's not, I mean, it's hard to, like, you can't learn a melody. You have to learn like each line is totally discreetly different. And But these I, are songs you know, you
0: know. I mean, you know these songs. You've yeah, known you these know songs your whole did. life. No, I'm
1: the person who like knows. I know a song and... In the way that, you know what I mean? Like, we all live in this. Right. What is it? And you realize you don't know it at all.
0: Yeah. Like, David Lee Roth, who who I think you're compared to very frequently. Yes. David Lee Roth always says that, um, like, he never really knew the words to you really got. Me." like, people thought he changed them. Because, you know, he says, you really got me now. Instead, you really got me going. Yeah. Which changes the meter.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Also? Uh Uh-huh.
0: But he just never listened that closely.
1: I have a vague memory, like a vague idea of what the song, what its shape is. And then I go to sing it. I'm like, totally wrong. Like, completely, (laughs) completely. I was literally singing. Like, there's one note, like the song that I'm singing. Mostly it's one note. I mean, there's one note that's... (laughs) You're saying Queen
0: Jane approximately? Well,
1: like, yeah. There's like one, you know, like the one, and I'm and I like start off on the wrong note. Like that's how bad it is. I have to go like, okay, here's when you're playing the chord. This is the note you might want to pluck it a few times before the song starts so you hit the right note.
0: Well, but th- th- don't you think? I mean, of all the people who would understand this, I mean, Dylan doesn't ever sing the melody.
1: I know. What's but I think that's because he likes to fuck with people. Like, oh, for, see how much you take. Like, like, you oh, still you're, st- still, you're still going to clap for this? All right. Well, what about this? <laughs> you think it's still the subversive Bob Dylan? <laughs> I do. I do. I think he really likes to toy with people. When I had
0: uh, Paul Giamatti on here, he, he talked about, like, somebody's trying to find a new way to approach the acting thing. And we talked about Chronicles, which I'm sure you've read the Dylan book. Did you ever read it? I did not read it. But he talks about how Garcia, and I did say this on this other pod, but he talks about how Garcia taught him, was like, okay, I can see you're struggling with this whole having to sing it the same way. And he's like, Jerry taught me a whole new way to approach singing and melody and that's what enabled me to keep going on the never ending tour oh, for these you know. all these years good for
1: him i mean i you know that's i mean I, I i that makes me feel better if i feel like he's getting some artistic pleasure out of it
0: but like you said who knows
1: who knows I mean, he he's really the is great a great jester
0: of all time yeah. i mean he's the greatest jester yeah. of our lifetime you know he
1: really isn't he's an actual merry prankster I mean, I mean not you know like I, I was prankster. born in
0: i was born in 66 and you were born a couple of years Perform it. And, Thank
1: you for saying a couple. And no, but
0: to, do you remember like when that music in the 60s? Because I was, the 70s is like I turned, you know what I mean? The yeah. 70s is when it happened for me. Do you do you remember that music? Like 66, 67, 68?
1: Not real. I mean, I just kind of, I, I listened to... Uh, you know, I mean, I grew up in Virginia. It wasn't sort of a real hotbed of FM radio or, you know, not that I knew about. So it was whatever my brother brought into the house or like a babysitter or something. And none of that was real. You know, it was the Beatles. And so none of it was real. Um, I didn't really, uh, know anybody listened to Dylan, really. I mean, I sort of would hear it around, but... Uh, so I never got super super into Dylan. I mean, I you know did of course, but like I I, I mean I would say there's whole records that I haven't necessarily heard through.
0: Still, yeah. But you get yeah. I'm, so hey, this is the moment. I'm Brian Koppelman. Thanks for listening. My guest today is um, when I made the very first list of people I wanted on this show. Um, today's guest was like high up on the list uh, because Amy Mann, who is that guest, is not only you know, you can make the argument, uh, our greatest living songwriter, but certainly one of the greatest uh, living songwriters, and um, was also in my early 20s, very significant to me personally. And um, in certain ways, stuff that happened back then has had, uh, for me, like big uh, echoing effects in terms of choices that I ended up making. And so I just thought, uh, from the beginning, it would be great to be able to ask you a bunch of questions, Amy, and, and,
1: Well, first of all, I want this intro to go on forever because the greatest living songwriter what that's, you know, you're in the conversation on any list anyone makes, you know that I don't know it, but I'm glad, I'm glad to think it even momentarily, you know, what? I'm glad I'm on your, on on your top 10 list. That's all I care about. Safely,
0: safely on the top 10 list. I mean, since, do you remember, uh, and so Amy was in, just in case you, um, are like uh, under 30 maybe you don't know. Amy was in a band called Till Tuesday and they um had a gigantic hit when you were how old? The first hit record?
1: Um 25.
0: And then uh, on Which the is al- old
1: by today's standards. And you know the
0: song no matter what's voices carry and then on their next album um you guys made a, a record a, a song called Com- Coming Up Close and uh Welcome everything sounds like Welcome Home yeah. and uh which is to this day one of my my all-time favorite uh, songs and that's when I remember noticing like oh there's this songwriter in this group.
1: Well, thank I, you. That's very sweet. When
0: when you write a song like that, do you know like oh I just pured one like I did something different and I just, special? I,
1: you know I, I think that that was um, you know till till Tuesday we were like a very post new wavy or new wavy kind of kind of semi dance I can't even call us dance but I mean we used to listen to. To R and B, and we thought, you know, that we thought that was one of our influences. Although I'm sure nobody could tell, because um, it was fairly stiff. But uh, you know, we we were pretty pretty new wavy. And then I think for the for the, the second Till Tuesday record, I I just started writing songs. I'd been writing songs on bass, and then I started writing songs on acoustic guitar. And and I think that's really more my my roots because that's more the stuff I listened to, you know, kind of Neil Youngy, uh, Beatlesy. You know, it was more more guitar based
0: with a real narrative.
1: Yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, you know, I know um because I remember you telling me the story of what that song was oh about. Oh my god. Um, and I know it was about a I won't say the name. I think you've probably said by now publicly who I the don't song think is so. about. Okay, then we yeah. won't. Yeah. I still remember We'll keep though.
1: it we'll keep it uh, to ourselves. But so I do so. know that
0: you took a drive with somebody who was um a musician and yeah. and then wrote this song which encapsulated not only the feeling of taking a long winding drive with somebody that you might feel really strong emotions for, for a fleeting instant. Yeah. But that, that, uh, you were able to capture that thing where even in the moment, as you're trying to be present, there's this, uh, bittersweet dripping sense of nostalgia.
1: Yeah. And- and oh, That's, that's m- funny. It's like, it never occurs to me, but that's totally it. Right. I mean, it is super, it is super nostalgic, you know, like this one, like we took this, drive, like you're already looking back on it as if it was 20 years ago. Yeah.
0: But, as you're going, you yeah. are. And, um, you could tell I've thought about this for a while and, and, uh, but it was such a huge leap from the record before. And to me, um, as a 21 year old, or I was in, I, I was in 20, I was in college when that record came out. Um, I remember thinking, I can't wait to see what the woman who wrote these this song like how did this happen and so that's like what I'm asking is did you did you know that you would kind of crack something different open as an artist or was it just like oh that's just another song
1: I thought it was good I mean I did I thought it I thought it was pretty you know I thought it was like a pretty song and uh yeah I mean I still think it's okay like I I don't you know my standards are you know I try to keep revising my standards upwards you know, like the, lyrically, there's probably stuff I would change or revise or tighten up. But yeah, you know, it was the best It's like the best I could do with what I had. And and I tried, you know, like I tried to, to write up to the standards I had at the time, you know, within the scope of my abilities, you know, which is all you can really ask.
0: I know that's a pretty good though, if that's the standard to do the absolute best you can with your the abilities that you currently have. That, that's not a standard you ever really have to raise as long as you keep trying to somehow make your own, like your instrument yeah. better.
1: Yeah, yeah, I just try to keep bumping it up. I mean, for for instance, now I, you know, I really make an effort to have rhymes be exact and not, uh, you know, even to the extent of plurals. If it's, you know, like I don't stick that S on, you know, but it's, it really, it's, I mean, it's hard, you know, like it's hard and sometimes you, you try to do it and you just can't make it work. And I, you know, but I think I'm better at that now because I think my brain just sort of does some of the, some of that work on its, you know, Sub subconsciously, like I think it does some of its work because I've just programmed it so for so long. So you
0: feel like you're even more of a formalist, even though starting with your first solo album, I mean, you, and listen, I remember being at your house and you were listening to a lot of zombies records and you were really starting to think when you're before you made whatever, and you were really starting to think about being in a way like a kind of a formalist.
1: Yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. that with me. I don't know what that means. by yeah. I like it? I'm nodding. I'm nodding because yeah, I, I mean, like it, the sound of it. It means well, you know. Not I like n- form. I mean, I do. I like form and structure. I'm a big belief in form and structure. I've been thinking about this a lot in the last few years. I think structure is. Uh, I think structure is really important, you know. And I think I, I, I did some shows with the poet Billy Collins, and he was he talks about this a lot. And he, he said something that really got me, which was, you know, like, people come for the form. You know, when you're just starting out, they will come for the form. They don't care what you have to say because they don't know who you are. So they come for the form, and if you can master the form, they will stay. And then you will eventually, of course you'll have things to say. Like, of course you'll have your own personal voice because it's you doing it. But, but to master the, the, the form is the key.
0: Yeah, that's really, I mean, that's really interesting. I mean, do you think people, but, but if you think about... Um, The songs of yours that, like today, I told a couple of people I'm working with, oh, uh, I'm going to talk to Amy Mann this afternoon. And they immediately just started talking about what their favorite songs of yours are. And, you know, as you know, the people who care about your music really care about it and take ownership over it. But I I wonder, don't don't you think that the, the fact that you, yes, you had, I think from an early point, had this sort of formal approach. But the confessional personal nature of what you talk about did also say, the the feeling one got listening was you were telling really odd about biographical stories yeah i mean with you know it changed uh it's changed a couple times yeah but don't you think that was a distinguishing factor the first few albums
1: i don't know it's funny i think i well i think when i first started out i thought well this this is what songs are like aren't is like are aren't aren't you supposed to talk about you know like isn't it supposed to all be about you know your heartbreaky thoughts and sad things like, <laughs> I don't know. Like I probably was corrupted by that a little bit. The idea that like, it, you know, to be sad was to be serious. Having said that, I don't think I'm capable of writing a, a just an uncomplicatedly happy song because it's just not it doesn't hold my interest. You know, major chords don't hold my interest. I can barely play a five chord. I can't I, I have conversations with friends who are like, you really don't like that five chord. right. And so I'm, you know, like I'm trying to incorporate it, but it's it's hard because it's just so majory sounding,
0: no, and even a song like, 50 years after the fair, which is like this upbeat, catchy melody is just all about death.
1: Yeah, 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 right. right. And how you look to the, you, you know, you, this vision of the future, which yeah, the can, can't be met, matched up, you know, you can't live up to. Yeah, no, it's all about COVID. the past looking
0: forward and everything being a disappointment. And that's probably yeah. the most jaunty, yeah. like Charmer. Yeah. Or like Charmer is another jaunty song about a sociopath. Yeah. Then, like, so yes, you have absolutely like this intersection of... Um, even when you have a do play sort of like, you know, chords or allow a, mel- uh, a rhythmic structure that is sort of upbeat, you do under, I mean, you often yeah. undercut it because that's well, it goes the world of al- you.
1: It goes along with that to me. I mean, I do, you know, because they, I, the two things come together. So I don't, you know, it's not deliberate. Like I, I hear a thing and it, I mean, how I write a song is I have, a, have music that I'm working on, I have a chord progression, then I start to have a melody. And to me, that I listen to it and I go, what does this sound like? And then what's a story that goes with what this sounds like?
0: So it always starts with the music or almost yeah, always? Yeah,
1: almost always. Almost always.
0: Do you journal or do anything to sort of...
1: I used to. I don't I don't anymore. I, it all starts with a song. It pretty much all starts with a song.
0: So you don't consciously walk around like, I want to write about this or I'm thinking about this or I better get yeah. this thing out.
1: I, I used to do that. I used to keep notebooks full of titles and things that I thought of and... But I think you know, in the early days of Tool Tuesday, I built songs more around titles, and you know, and now it's I, I, you know, I listen to I listen to the music. It comes, you know, it comes pretty organically. You know, what is the what is what does it sound like? The dynamic is or the vibe is, and then what's my? I mean, it's like a raw test. You know, it's like, yes. and then what's the story? What's the narrative that I'm going to write around this vibe? So yeah, I mean, I guess even if it's jaunty, it's like. Inside my head, jaunty equals disappoint, future disappointment.
0: <laughs> yeah, it can end up. Yeah. No, or like, I mean, um, yeah, throughout even. like a, uh, I was going to say, but it's not like when you come up with a beautiful, sad melody, um, you then uh, flip that and just make it upbeat <laughs> and happy either.
1: No, but sometimes, but I do have things that are, I, I have words that to me I think are, you know when it's so sort of true or over the top that it's because that it's funny like I will do will think it's funny and I'm sure that doesn't I'm sure that doesn't no, come I'm, across on the all. album.
0: the both which is your band with Ted yeah. I think it's different in yeah a way. um which we'll get to but I just want to go back a little bit um biographically so you were in this band and then and the band had two hit records and then your third album you made I'm I didn't I'm doing this all from memory so if I'm uh, wrong, description. But the You're third probably
1: more accurate the, than the me. third album you
0: made, which I always felt should have been like a solo album, was the album with J for Jules on it,
1: right or not? I think so. And right.
0: Then that album was maybe yeah. I think wasn't so. as and the other end of the telescope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that album wasn't quite as commercially successful.
1: No, that was totally unsupported. That that was a very a uh, lot of shifts in the record company, new A and R guy. New, new guy came in and immediately said, you know, we don't like what you're doing. We think you should write with other people, you know, like hit doctory people. And, uh, you know, like we think you should make a new record. I'm like, dude, you, you just, you put this record out one month ago. Like, how do you think this is going to, how do you think it's going to change? I mean, it's not going to change. I'm not changing. And I was so naive. I was like, oh, I, sure. I like to write with other people. I wrote this song with Elvis Costello on the last record. I'm like, oh, yeah. uh, no, that's not what we're talking about.
0: Well, yeah, I'm wondering how you got those voices because, I mean, I, I, that's when I met you right after that album, and um, and I remember you told me that, and you also told me that on the first tour you had people telling you uh, to swing your arms wildly when you played guitar so that the people in the back would.
1: Yeah, I you know yeah, I mean you'd get that kind of stuff. Somebody yeah. actually said, "I want you to suck the windscreen right off that microphone." <laughs> You're disgusting. That's so that's the great. Most disgusting thing you could say to somebody. Yeah, that I was... Supposed, Which is, you is what know, you're doing her now own. here on this. It's weird. Yeah. You haven't been able to break the habit
0: somehow. I, I finally learned. Yeah, after all these years. But uh, at the time, you were so young. Like, were you able... How did you begin the process of discounting all that bullshit?
1: Well, I just couldn't do it. I mean, I, I didn't listen to it because I couldn't do it. I don't, I didn't even want, I don't want to um, imply that I was some kind of uh, maverick who was like, you know, screw you, man. I got my own stuff. I was just like, I don't... I'm not capable of that. And I... You know, and it was very conflicting because you know, I mean, to being on a record company—it's a very paternalistic kind of experience. You know, it's like record company dad, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of coercion and pressure and kind of implication that you're being really difficult, and uh, you know that your career is in terrible jeopardy because you're not, you know, you're not doing I don't know, like showing up at some convention or like whatever they want you to do and um and it was very conflicting to me because i didn't know how to say no to people but it's but at the same time i could you know there's just things i can't do i mean i'm not that kind of performer i've never been it's not going to happen I, and you know i mean you can see like back then especially they i think people you know guys at record was all guys you know i mean they couldn't they didn't even know how to think of a woman as uh as anything but like a sexy thing sure you know, like i but don't yeah, even get you- i don't even get what you're doing t- like when are you're playing a bass like I don't even get that you know they didn't get it
0: well no but so, okay so this does uh bring us right to me and you because um you know coercion pressure these kind of record company yeah. people and then um I, I was an A&R person yeah I was one of those people and I was a kid and um
1: but you weren't like that
0: no I, try I mean and- unless
1: I overlooked something no I mean I felt like I felt like we were, we would have been a really good team.
0: Yeah, well we try I mean we the tried. I mean you're we saying tried. all these men you know you had a nickname for me
1: <laughs> Record boy. Yeah. You, which I I only remember because you've reminded me of it like a hundred times. Well, you yeah. do remember though. It's terrible. What an awful thing to say. I love. that. I it. hope it was I said with hilarious. affection because it just seems really mean. And I'm like, I can't imagine being that mean. And I knew that I liked you. So I don't, I'm sure it wasn't. No, no,
0: We, but I remember, I mean, um, no, it didn't. I wasn't. So I was so young to be in that job. And so, um, no, I took it as you meant it, which was, uh, with quotes and, uh, affection, but also with, um, Because I remember, you know, you had a sense, you were able to express even then what it felt like to be on these record companies and how bad it was. And that you didn't, that this, this idea, because people now think the record business was great back then because there was no No. record
1: business. Yeah.
0: So I want to ask you about, I mean, you don't miss those days of the music business. No, that
1: was terrible. It was terrible.
0: Because it was this like, not only uh, patriarchy, but the musicians in my mind were really treated often like chattel.
1: Yeah, it was tough. And there was only one way, you know, I mean, the record company either supported and promoted your record or nobody ever heard of you, uh, except maybe on a local, you know, like on a local live. And having said that, you know, uh, in Boston, I mean, I'm, you know, when, when Till Tuesday first started, I mean, we, we supported ourselves, not very well, but, but uh, you know, I mean, we could pay our rent just playing around the New England area. And that's really saying something, you know, I mean, we played a lot of gigs. Well,
0: yeah, that was the first that I came and I saw you play, um, because yeah. I, I remember you were without a record deal. And yeah. um, I came to Boston, and I went to a gig, uh, and it was a sold out show uh, at a club, and then went over and John was there and listened to a bunch of songs. Uh, I remember the first tape had 50 years after the fair was the first song. on it, and But what I remember, and you know, um, I talk a lot about gatekeepers and about how artists have to be Mm self-determining which you were trying to do and i i i I remember like part of the record boy thing or why it's resonant for me and why i want to talk to you about this is like uh i was naive like a boy in that i believed that i could sign you to this record company and it could be different like i thought and so i remember promising you that it would be different and then it wasn't
1: and i well, it could have been different, except for uh, the president of the record company, who we're, I still don't know uh, what his deal was. Well, he became
0: like obviously yeah. he's one of the most. We're not, I mean, I'm not going to slam him. Now. Yeah, yeah,
1: no. Oh, we we can talk about this privately. I, no, I mean, I'm just, I mean, just curious no, I'm happy to, to, to say it. at
0: the time, it, what what happened was I remember um, it's It is one of the signal things that made me know, like I could add the five things up, that made me know I had to leave doing mm. that kind of job and. One of them was the day you sent me... I mean, I'm sure some of this I remember more clearly because I was, like, younger, and this was already your fourth album you were making. But for me, mm-hmm. it was, like, so crucial, you know. Um, I remember getting Fourth of July, which is, you know... I mean, that song and I've had it are in my... If I had to take 25 songs, me to be on an island. Like, I would take both those songs with me. And I remember uh, the song was so short and it didn't have a bridge. Yeah. And I remember trying to explain to people, but even trying to process myself, like how am I going to tell people this is great? Yeah. Like they're not going to know it's great. And I can't imagine how frustrating it was for you because I remember having to call you. I remember I was in a car and I, I called you and I was like, could you put a bridge in the song? And you yeah. were like, but the song's done. Yeah. I couldn't understand it as a 21 year old. Well, it's really
1: funny because I play that song now. And I and think you wish there was a fucking bridge, I don't, you know, or there's a song, the song, um, you can make a killing, which it was the same kind of thing, you know, and it's just like a, you know, just verse, 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 and I don't, I think I could probably write a bridge now. I mean, I just wrote a song that was like, I was like, this is done. And I thought, no, it, like I played it live and I'm like, no, it, it does need a bridge. But I just couldn't, do. I couldn't do it. I, you know, I mean, it was done because I was like, that was the end of my, the inspiration wore off and that was over. You know, it was a dream. I woke up from the dream, and the dream was over. You know what I mean? I do. But I think I could do it now. I It's but like is that I better? could keep it going. Yeah. I, I. Yeah, I think it is. Why? Um, I can't. You know, and I can't speak to to. I, I. I would have to play Fourth of July like through right now and think about it. But I do think about this for you could make a killing because it's cause it is similar. And, and I. I play it now, and I go. I could write a bridge, and I and it would be the right bridge. It would be the right bridge because I can get back in. But back then, I couldn't get back in. Once I got out of the stream, it was over. You know what I mean?
0: Yes. And it was so... I, I remember that you had half the album done, including I've Had It, I think. Or, I mean, no, not I've Had It, because that was in between. I, so you had five songs done when the record company president decided to pull the plug on the thing.
1: Well, do you, I don't even know if you know this. I know this. you and
0: Patrick pay, I Yes, I remember that.
1: I don't know if you know this, but we... I. They sent me the contract, and I signed the contract and sent it back for them to sign. They sent me the contract. We had an entire deal done. We had an entire... Remember, yes. It was way past demo. it was No, way because past we were demos. making... No, no, that's
0: what I'm saying. I remember, like, I, in my mind, oh, you didn't I signed you to the deal. Right. Like, I signed you to the record company.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a huge... It was like an inch-thick deal. No, because here's what I remember. It was not like a handshake, and they no. like, well,
0: we've changed our mind. This is why I've been haunted yeah. by it for over 20 years, yeah. because... It's, it was a time when I, it, it's how I realized like I could never be on that side of the thing. Like it took me yeah. a couple more years to get out of it, but it was like, um, I couldn't be honorable because I told you that it was going to be different.
1: Right. 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 And that
0: we were, you were going to get to, my whole thing was like, right. um, this woman is the best songwriter. We have to let her make the album she wants to make. And, um, I told you, and that's okay if I got lied to, but I then told you. Right. And you believed me because I, i like, I didn't mean it. But then I wasn't able to like deliver that for yeah, you. Yeah,
1: but it's not your, you know, but you.
0: <laughs> no, that was no, so. I'm sorry. But I really have always felt bad about it and wanted to tell you know. No, I did.
1: But you're at the mercy of uh, prevailing winds of craziness. No. And uh, yes. I'm not going to say who who might be responsible no, for this. No, it those was wins. a really valuable lesson. Because but I then, mean, I knew what I knew what I knew what that was. That was, I knew that wasn't you, and I knew there wasn't anything you could do about no, you it. you were and gracious. I I, I saw knew you. what it was.
0: Yes, but I did feel like we had this. Uh, you know, I remember being in the recording studio in Connecticut and you and I driving back to New York together and I dropped you off from, uh, at, to meet Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Who you and then married, like, yeah. And for like your first 20 date. 20 years later. Like or, for like yeah, your yeah. first date with him though, on the yeah. West side of Manhattan.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. I mean, it wasn't
1: a date, but it was like, we were just hanging out. We were just buddies. I had a big crush on him. You were
0: home. I mean, you were really yeah. excited about he seeing was, him.
1: He was like, no, you know, he's like Mr. No. Which is my nickname for him. That's still. perfect because he's he is Mr. No,
0: but yeah. um, but I, I remember like that drive, thinking to myself like this is everything I'd wanted to do as somebody helping creative people. Like she's making exactly the album she wants to make with the people she wants to collaborate with, and yeah. I'm close enough with this artist that like I'm driving her and we're going together to New York, and I'm gonna and then when then they didn't let you make the they weren't gonna let you basically they weren't gonna let you make the album you want right. to make. After we promised it. And, and that was the album. And I remember, I, I remember the one thing I remember saying to you, you have to make this record as Amy Mann and you still weren't ready to. You said, yeah. I until Tuesday.
1: Yeah. Well, I was still working with Michael Hausman, who's now man, you know, my manager. Um, and so, yeah, you know, it was loyal. We were like a team.
0: This episode of The Moment is brought to you by Brain Tree, Code for easy online payments. Braintree is the payments solution used by companies like Uber, Airbnb, Hotel Tonight, Living Social, and Muntree. Braintree has made the payment experiences in these apps seamless and magical. And now you can add a similar experience to your own app. Braintree gives you a full stack payment solution, support for all payment types your customers might want. Start accepting PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo cards, more, all with a single integration across all platforms. To learn more, and for your $50,000 in transactions without paying a fee, go to com slash moment. That's BraintreePayments.com slash moment. Um, but when that then fell apart and you had made at more than half the album by that time, or certainly half of it, and then suddenly... The record, they didn't pay for your record and it yeah. was gone. I mean, I left the company very soon after cause I was like, I can't wow. do this, but you then had a couple of years where, right. So what happened? So you, you make this album where you start to make it and this record company that had promised they were going to do it. Didn't do it. Cause, um, I turned out to be full of shit. And then what, um, what happened? I mean, part of it led to like, I've had it, which is one of the great songs ever, but what what happened during that period of time?
1: I think there was some. I say, was this like the working with Tony Berg? Was that was that your idea? Or Was that their, it was what I, their the, no, idea? Was, that was an idea that was on the table. Okay, yeah, to but work John with, and you.
0: But then I to work no, I you, you know, John and yeah. you they wanted you to me and john
1: brian were going like gangbusters that's what i'm saying you and
0: john were making me out you had made the five songs 50 those first five and yes they wanted you to work with somebody else right 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 right. and then i had to i'm sure i had to i knew how great the stuff was and i was like telling you but then yeah it became like you have to go do something else
1: yeah
0: and you didn't want to do something else
1: no so Um, how did you make a stand we, we didn't. I mean, I, I recorded, like, five songs with, with, with Tony. And honestly, like, t- John and I were on such a roll, in retrospect, he and I should have just kept going. Because we were doing... It was like it was happening. You know, it was happening. I think it would have been a better record if we kept going because the tone kind of changed a little bit. And we really got derailed. Um, Vibe-wise, we really got derailed. So what happened is my manager at the time was this guy Patrick Raines. And he said... This record is fantastic. I am going to pay for it and, and finance the whole thing. And we are just going to sit tight and, and uh, wait to, uh, to be um, released from the record contract. Because it was clear that Epic was like not remotely interested in, in this kind of Brit, Britpop influence, you know, zomb- zombies and birds influence. Because you went from the
0: record company we were at, Giant to yeah.
1: epic well, I was still on, but part of my part of the deal with you know epic and Giant had worked at a deal where they were going to get overrides and you know some points and whatever, but once Giant backed out, I was kind of still stuck with epic right, and there wasn 't another uh, label immediately on the scene to, to buy us out, and so we just wait, we waited and it, and it took three years it took three years that
0: 's what I'm, yeah. i 'm yeah you know people talk about that three year period of Springsteen I mean they made the documentary about how. He waited out that lawsuit between Born to Run and Darkness.
1: Wow, is that right? I don't even know that.
0: Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, he had to wait out three three
1: years. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean they didn't want. You know, they said they didn't. It's, this is a This was a classic thing. You know, one of my classic complaints about record companies. They were like, well, we don't. You know, we don't like what you're doing. It's not commercial enough. We don't think you could ever have a hit. And we go, like, well, why don't you release me? Like, oh, no, because you might have a hit somewhere else. Well, why if, so you think think I'm in danger of having a hit, so why aren't you, all right, never mind, I'm just going to go hang myself now, because everything's crazy.
0: Right, so what the fuck did it feel like then? It was crazy. What did you feel like? Did you know you were made, like, did you realize you had made this thing that was such a seminal album?
1: Well, God bless you for saying it somewhere. I certainly didn't no, think but it was No, but it's not just I my opinion.
0: of a little bit of a I thought it was
1: really good. And I thought John and I were a great team and he's obviously incredibly talented, but I mean I just thought the two of us together really, you know, really got got on like a house on fire and and it was, like, a perfect combination of, like, the stuff that I was writing at the time and music we were listening to at the time and the music that he was into playing and his skill set. Like, it really just, you know, it fit perfectly. You know, so I did think that was a really great record. I did think it was a great record. I mean, obviously, in retrospect, I would have written some maybe bridges or uh, put some different <laughs> chord changes and cleaned up some words, but, you know, whatever. You wouldn't
0: change the glockenspiel, though.
1: No, no, I would have kept tons of glockenspiel. You know, gotta have the glock and gotta have
0: the glock on that record. Yeah, but
1: the born to run Glock. And that's Spiel. the best
0: thing ever. And i that's how I realize now. Like I was in the studio and John pointed that out to me when he did it. So actually I've had it was recorded in the first batch of songs. Yeah. Um but you spent those three years, like did it feel like purgatory to you? Or did you know you'd get did you consider yeah. compromising? How did you no, expand it in this? How did you not do? compromise?
1: Where is the where's the compromise? I mean, like how you know the where where's the <laughs> i don't even know what it sounds like like between you know 4th of july and, uh, and like a heart record, you know, and I mean, God bless heart, but like, you know, when a heart, no, you're
0: not, you mean the heart records that were written I mean, by that was really, yeah.
1: really commercial, you know, it was like really, really commercial. It just wasn't my thing. You and know, you're not i talking mean, about
0: Barracuda heart. You're talking about these no, dreams no. heart, yeah. like the, the heart yeah. that was written by songwriting. Yeah. Factories.
1: It's like, yeah. It's so, you know, song, songwriting doctors. And I mean, I, it's, I was like, well, if I do say so myself, I think I'm a pretty good songwriter on my own. So I you know, certainly didn't think I needed help, and I didn't want to be more, quote, commercial in that way. That wasn't me, and it was not my thing, and I, I don't, you know, it was not what I was shooting for. And also, by the way, like, I, I also did believe that I could sell records if, you know, promoted in an in appropriate way. And there were people around me that were selling, you know, like Tracy Chapman, huge uh, and I would start, like I would have these conversations. I would go, what about Tracy Chapman? Well, that's a totally different story because of X, Y, and Z. Okay, what about uh, right. 10,000 no, 10, no, Maniacs? I'm... Well, that's really that, that's a completely different circumstance because of this. I'm like, well, you know, then everything's a different goddamn circumstance. Everything is. And
0: you were able to tell... So be, I'm saying you had the presence of mind to tell yourself that then.
1: Well, to I say, I de- like, yeah. I know
0: this is... I know that I, can, I have to wait this out because, like... I can't compromise my creative vision. What's and I know point? that I will be able to like, did you keep yeah. touring and playing? Did you know you had people yeah. before you released that no, we, album? Did, we kept
1: touring. I'm, we kept touring. I think John and I did. I think John and I did a lot of touring or we did some touring. At, yeah. I'm pretty sure we kept, we kept playing, playing live. And
0: you didn't allow yourself to get sort of, the, did you keep writing songs? Like we did. You, yeah.
1: I kept writing songs. I wrote a lot of songs with him.
0: Because three year people can't understand that because of the way the world works now. When you compare, like, cause some people yeah. really are um, frustrated about the state of the music business now, and it is a there is no music business. Well, it's
1: really. weird, yeah. It's just weird in a different way.
0: But back then, you were um, you were signed to these personal services contracts that were like seven years long, and you couldn't couldn't get out. You couldn't have released that thing for free if you wanted. No,
1: to. No, 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 no. I couldn't go to another record. I couldn't have released it for free. I couldn't have sold it out of the back of a van.
0: Right. There's not. They. Mm-mm. You were you were really in a box and most people would have found a way I think to like would have sort of given in and been like fine what do you want me to sing
1: well I'll tell you Brian here's the thing there's no there's no I mean that's I'm not even gonna say maybe because this is not my thing because I don't care about money that much but like but it's one thing to make that deal if they're saying look we're gonna give you a bunch of money just do this thing just sing this dumb song sing this dumb song we'll write you a check nobody's writing a check it's not like you're. It's not like they're giving you anything. So all you're getting is the loss of the one thing that's fun for you, which is to write and record your own music. So I, it's like, what? You're not offering anything. Like I, I, that's what always like blew right. my mind. It's not like they're saying like we're going to give you this giant advance. All you got to do, lady, is uh, is sing this one dumb song. Come on. Well, but nobody nobody made that deal. Right. It was like, you can be as poor as you are now and sing this gross song that you don't, <laughs> you don't want to sing. So I'm like, well, I'm not gonna, why would I choose that? There's no, it wasn't a guarantee. It wasn't like they said, you know, I think you're supposed to, you were expected to, and a lot of people do this, sign off on the goddamn dream. You know, like yeah. there's the dream. Don't you want to be a star? I mean, I actually had people say that to me. I'm like, well, you're, no, A, no, but B, like you can't, that's, you're not guaranteeing that. Oh no. God! It's so dumb. No, and of course so nobody dumb. could
0: guarantee that. But most people, the huge, enormous majority of people, aren't able to see that stuff clearly because, I mean, the thing is, for you, the songwriting was the thing.
1: Well, it's the it's the fun part, you know. Like, yeah, it's the fun, good part. You know, it's what's the the fun part is not having some weirdo, you know, like follow you home from the, you know, from the. uh the corner store or something and go like, oh, big fan. A Do you mind if I sit on your stoop for a while? I mean, that's not fun. That's just weird.
0: Right. The fun part is writing and making these records yeah. that you want to make and then hoping that they connect
1: with people. Yeah. And it's great to make a living and not to have to worry about, uh, you know, how, how other sources of income. I mean, that's, that's a beautiful thing, but that's because it all leads back to being able to write and make, you know, record music.
0: Do you still love writing songs as much? I, that's
1: the, that is the best thing. That's the best thing. And this is the most fun. And I love writing with other people too, you know. I mean, not like obviously with Ted, because it's just so much. I love getting it in somebody else's head and seeing what their ideas are and then figuring out how to solve this puzzle of like these two disparate elements, putting it's them so together. It's so funny now
0: at the place you are now, as like as a, a songwriter and kind of the control and authority you have, it would be awesome to see what you would write with Desmond Child.
1: Oh, that's funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like if yeah, you and yeah. Desmond
0: got in a room, I mean if for you and sure. Desmond got in a room together, you would actually write like yeah. some amazingly. Well, I mean, great I love that songs. Max Martin.
1: I mean, I think right. it's, you know, like that's some that's some happening. That's some happening. Well, yeah, stuff. like I
0: don't I think I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but I mean I think Taylor Swift's a pretty great songwriter for what, you know, the thing because I have a fifteen year old daughter. Yeah. And I see that she though the stuff that she's able to express has absolutely like gotten my daughter through.
1: Really difficult. That's awesome. Times. Yeah. Well, I think she's supernatural. I you know, I mean, I don't even know what to say about Taylor Swift. Like I you know, having been in the business, I don't even know how anybody I mean, it's really hard. Like, to be a star at that level is the hardest job and i don't understand how she could do it she be obviously so be brilliant. so young she's and a have brilliant person have so much yes she's so sanguine and i mean i don't and intelligent I, I really don't even know even if you said like well there's a giant team of people i'm like i don't even care like i don't care a team i don't still with the team like you're still doing well, it. well she
0: also it's i mean it's hours. funny yes people talk about the max martin thing and like that that guy who wrote those terrible articles about her. And she wrote that song mean about um, Mm -hmm. who, you know, that guy writes a a newsletter um, that a lot of people who are in music. No, I don't know that.
1: I don't know this. I'm not that I'm not, but I'm not as big of a Taylor Swift fan as you are. No, I understand. uh, I don't don't get get around, you know, I don't get out,
0: but her first couple albums, she wrote all the songs herself. So like Uh she did it all herself in the beginning. I don't even necessarily
1: mean the songwriting team. I I I mean, like, you know, the stylists and the managers and stuff like even with teams of people like that it's still impossible
0: yeah really hard no it is
1: the hardest and, and it is not a job i wanted
0: so is it's not so the, that idea that kind of superstar superstardom
1: oh my god it's so hard i don't it's and it's off i don't know being famous is awful i don't know how people first of all they lust after it which is crazy you might as well at lust after being in solitary confinement it's the craziest thing I don't know how people do it. I mean, hats off to be super famous and and handle it. I I know I'm the only person on the face of the earth who thinks this. But you must get recognized every day of your life. I can recognize a little bit and it's in it's a sweet way, but like, if there's crowds of people following you, that's just so crazy.
0: So you, you're a level of fame, but no, I mean, you don't just sometimes get right. I mean, you know you're a big, it's, I mean, you do know that you're a big deal to people. I'm a
1: big deal to you, apparently, but right. I think you're the, I that's think you're fine. one of the one of the few.
0: You didn't used to be this full of shit.
1: <laughs> um, but, come on, man, okay. I've always been full of shit. <laughs> Not like Give this. Give us credit.
0: Because, uh, you know, people come pop- here, you're here, and they come popping in and actors and my show we're all like oh my god amy Mann's gonna be here but but for you this is a manageable le- like you yeah. this is where you are. you know you come to new york you can play a place where a lot of people come and see you but it's the
1: right amount for you yeah. it's what you want yeah, yeah 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 and you it's manageable and you don't want Dude, I can't even tell you. I, I'm not trying to be humble, or and it's just it's you know until Tuesday we were briefly like when we had you know when the voice carry was a big video and we were very recognizable and it's just it's like I can't handle it. I can't handle it. It's weird. Yeah, Because yeah. it's not you don't feel you can't like just assume like oh they're looking at me because I'm fabulous. Like who does that? You go like oh my god that guy's staring at me. It's really freaking me out. You have a primate response sure. to being. Stared at it's predatory. It feels it's very scary. So, you still do
0: that? Like, if someone's like, Hey, Amy, you still for a second think, Oh, they must know I must know that person. Why don't I know them?
1: Oh, yes, it's terrible. I'm because I can't can't tell do I know this person or oh, I can't. I'm terrible with faces and I'm terrible with names. I have a terrible memory and I'm always freaked out. So, like, there's no chance, (laughs) no chance I'm gonna remember any anybody that I ever see. It's always out of context. I I, th- I actually think like if I saw my, like if my husband came in this room, I would go like, oh, that's a guy who looks like my husband. Like I would not necessarily. Face, do you
0: think you have face aphasia?
1: I have a little, I have some of it. You do? Yeah, I definitely have some of it. I'm terrible. I, people all look the same to me.
0: Have you, uh, do you know the songwriter Jason Isbell?
1: Hmm. Oh, well, Oh yeah. Not a little bit. Yeah, I know who he is.
0: He has this line that I think you'll think is just so true in his new song, uh, which is called 24 Frames. He just says, uh, you thought God was an architect, now you know he's sitting in a black car ready to go. You made some new friends after the show, but you'll forget their names in 24 frames.
1: Oh, my God. That's fantastic.
0: He's the best. He's
1: the, wow.
0: he's the best guy like doing this. Now. Wow. You, you, you got to know his stuff. He's okay. a great songwriter. That's fantastic. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. They gave me chills. That was so good.
0: Yeah, right? That's yeah, really he's great. so great. My mission in the last few years has wow. been to tell people about it, right, but good. now he's a big, good. now it's all happening. But yeah, he made some new friends after the show, but you forget their names in 24 frames. It kills me. And I'm sure that that's- 24
1: frames. Oh my God. Right? That's fantastic.
0: This episode of The Moment is sponsored by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with showrooms and resellers and passing that savings on to you, the customer. With Casper, you can get an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. $500 for twin size mattress and $950 for a king size. Like any great mattress, it has just the right amount of sink and just the right amount of bounce. The latex foam and memory foam join forces to give you better nights and brighter days. And Casper has a risk-free trial and return policy. You can try sleeping on a Casper mattress for 100 days with free delivery and painless returns. The mattresses are made in America. Hear that? They are made in America. And right now, you can get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash moment and using the promo code Moment. Terms and conditions apply. That's casper.com slash moment. Use the promo code moment. So, but for someone who is sort of, uh, like you said, freaked out all the time, your songs for a long time were so autobiographical. What allowed you, do you think, to be that? that open, like to make the decision. And it's not just that, oh, I thought this was what were supposed to do. I mean, you're a craftsperson and you were consciously doing something like what, whether it's a song like Mr. Harris or I've had it or any number of songs throughout your entire career, like what?
1: Well, because they're not, you know, I mean, sometimes they're not, you know, I mean, sometimes the ones that sound like they are, you... I mean, the, t- the 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 emotional tone is autobiographical and then you change, you know, you have to change the details to kind of suit the thing. I mean, a song like I've had it is really trying to tell a story of, I don't even know how successful, like, who? how can you impart, like, we went to New York and we played the show and it was like this kind of a magical thing. Like, it's, first of all, you're writing music about music, which I hate. Nobody could ever do very well, so I don't know if I did it. But, you know, I mean, I had this experience and I wanted to write about it, but... You know, but mostly it's, mostly it's, you you do, you start out with a feeling and you connect to that feeling, but sometimes the narrative needs to be changed, you know, sure. needs to be changed but, so what, that it can impart that what feeling. What made you
0: make the shift? Because it is like the thing that some novelists do where they make a shift from first person to third person. And so like on The Forgotten Arm or on other things, you know, um, even a song like Freeway, which is like a, a the I word is in there, but still, um.
1: Still it sounds like, like a story?
0: Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's, it starts to seem like, yeah, it's not really, a, you know, it's a shift somehow. It seems like you became more observational or more outward looking than, yeah. than you did where you would uh, try to um, uh, create the same emotional resonance, but but without being as, without even trying to seem as, as much as like you were telling your own stories.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I think, uh, well, some of it is some, you know, sometimes you just get sick of writing about you and your dumb feelings, you know? <laughs> Sure. Yeah, me my feelings, uh, but um, but I mean that was that song is uh, yeah right. It's it, it's autobiographical, but it's uh, not. I mean not perfectly, but it's close. But I mean it was based on somebody I knew who had moved to Los Angeles and was like a drug addict and had so many drug addictive issues with money because money sort of equals drugs in a lot of way. But like money, I don't know. Like it's it's a, he was such an addict. And had such dysfunctional right. feeling, you know, thinking. And, and I mean, the, and, the tagline uh, is:
0: you, you got it's second person. It's you got a lot of money. Yeah. And you can't. Yeah. And you can't afford the freeway. Yeah, it was
1: like you can't afford to live here because you're too. It's like, it's like this weird excess of drugs and money and money as a drug. I don't know. Like it was all tied up in the same thing.
0: And when you're when you were doing that, like. Um, how do you how do you trust like, okay, they're gonna get it, or it's close enough that they're gonna get it? Okay. I don't mean they being like yeah. the like the masses, but like my people, you know, your your yeah. people. Like, do you feel like you have a group of an audience who will go with you on whatever the the journey is and will take the time to try to like really absorb it? Or do you feel like you're starting over each time and that they could walk away like how do, yeah. how, how do you process that
1: i think i can't think about who's going to listen to the song at all and sometimes if sometimes if a song is really personal or really kind of dark or cuts to in a weird air, area i have to or like about somebody i know and i'm afraid they're going to hear it i mean sometimes i have to go look just finish the song you don't have to play it for anybody uh so you still do that yeah i love yeah, that yeah. you do yeah Oh, wow. yeah for sure
0: so many people are blocked because you know you try to I'm sure people yeah. talked about this but people talk to me but like um I have this thing, I want to say it, and I can and like they they get blocked because of exactly that oh, um I'm a mean person if I write this, I'm a bad person, and if I do it's gonna the, it's gonna have these reverberations, and I mean, you're yeah. smiling because we all feel this, and then yeah. you have to find ways to trick yourself yeah, into doing
1: it you just can't you just can't think it and and I you know, and sometimes the block is. Oh this has to be great or the perfection
0: thing is the other side. Yeah, right?
1: my husband has a big problem with this and I you know I but I have little games that I play to get out, to get out of it. But I'm also not a perfectionist, you know. I mean, he's got this thing of like I'm not going to write a song unless it's a perfect song. And now it's been so long that I've written a song. Now it really has to be perfect. And I'm like, just write a piece of crap. Write a 1-minute song, write 10-minute Set the timer, give yourself 10 minutes, write a song, and when that's done, it's done. You don't have to play it for anybody. You don't even have to
0: play it for me. Or are you like, you don't even have to play it for yeah, me? Yeah,
1: he won't do it. Or like, write a song. You know, I'll, I'll pick a, a thing randomly just from iTunes. and go like, okay, this is my meter. This is, and just pick some chords randomly. This is what it's about. Or it has to use this line. Just have these deliberate games and... Uh, prompts? You mean even with prompts? prompts. He mm-hmm. won't, Even with prompts, yeah. Michael
0: won't, he won't do, do it sometimes.
1: He, no, yeah, I mean, he did it one time. But he, he did it one time. But yeah, he I mean, he's kind so of like, he really too. needs the circumstances. Like, no, I have to have a lot of time off before I can... Okay. Really? You know what? And you're just like oh, I just wrote six songs today. I mean, I don't write that many songs. I'm not super pro- prolific, but I'm also that I do think like good enough is good enough. And I know when I hit my limit, when it's just not going to get any better. And I, could, you know, when you gotta go, you gotta go. That's uh, you gotta forgive yourself for not being perfect and, and move on.
0: Yeah, you gotta like remind yourself of that all the time. Yeah. Because I mean, you said you're not a perfectionist, but.
1: But I do have high standards. Yes. I really do.
0: You know. I it's mean, I'll give,
1: you know. It's, you'll work on Ted, a line. Ted will talk about this. But like, I, I will give him shit about like, phone doesn't rhyme with owns. You know, or like, it's got bad ass it. That's not a You know, like, oh, come on. It's close.
0: Right. Yeah. You want exact perfect rhymes.
1: Yeah. Well, I want them. I mean, I, can't, I don't always achieve them. But you will work.
0: I mean, how long will you chase down a line for? Could you go a week? Yeah. Right. A week yeah, trying to- But that's to,
1: probably it. But that, That's probably it.
0: For a three and a half minute song, that's a long time to be searching for a line. When you could come up with seven, like seven near rhymes or seven rhymes that would be in songs and people would be fine with them.
1: You can, feel, you can feel when it's there. You can feel when it's possible. I sort of feel that it's possible, so I keep going. Because I think it's somewhere really in my brain, there's something that's like, no, it's possible. There's a way. But then when when that thing says, like, dude, you are at the end of the line. Because maybe your rhyme scheme is just, you know, I mean, if you you like the word, if you got orange, then you're at the end of the line.
0: It's so funny. I'm just thinking about Michael Penn, your husband, because he scored one of um, my movies. That's
1: right. Of course he did. Yeah.
0: And, um, I remember during that process cause, and it's great. I mean, you want a, someone who's a perfectionist yep. to score your film because they will keep going and going and going I guarantee and guarantee right. he's
1: given it his all. Yeah. And, uh-huh. but it was
0: great because we were going through the process and you know, when you score stuff, so the composer will send you something, you then change the picture. So then they have to change the thing. And then suddenly mm-hmm. you realize, you know, you change a scene, three scenes before, then the scene three later plays entirely different. And so totally. you need the music to peak in a different way.
1: Yeah. And so we're
0: going through this process and Michael's like so great about it. And I'm going, Hey man, can you redo this? Can you redo that? And, and, and it's great. And his score saved. Our, I love, um, the score for, for our, our, film. And he ended it, he wrote this amazing piece for the end of it, but we're done. And at that time we were talking like, I mean, I was talking to Michael six times a day because yeah. we're right. And at some point in there, um, as a, it's like really a hobby. Like I write songs, it's a hobby. It's like my release from a lot of the stuff that I do. And once I said to Michael, um, hey, I finished this one song and I would really love your take on it. And suddenly like this really easygoing co-op. <laughs> yeah, I see this. <laughs> this oh my like, God. Really cooperative, easy, great guy, like whatever, just goes. Like it was as though he was like, every time I'd ask him to change something, he'd be like, oh yeah, man, no problem. i get it to you. Yeah, easy, whatever. And I go, hey, I wrote this song. And he goes, if you send it to me, you should know that I will be the harshest critic you ever get of that. You know, it was oh just, please God. send it, but know if you do.
1: You know, oh you were walking into
0: the tower. You're walking into,
1: into fire. Yeah, you were
0: just walking into, so go ahead and send it. No, I want you to send it. Send the song, but know this.
1: You know, it was great. That is really funny. Did so you I, send him the song? No fucking ah. way. No fucking way.
0: Ah. No. I mean, I wasn't going to walk oh. into that buzzsaw. Oh my off. God.
1: Oh my Not God. a chance. Well, here's, so my, you know, here's my policy about, yeah, about listening to people's songs. If it's really unredeemable, I go, this is great. And then if it's like, I could turn this into a great song, I'll tear it to pieces. Yes. I'll go like, let's get to work. That's great. Yeah.
0: No, um, i like, if, if
1: it's good and I can make it great, I'm going to go. Sure. Cause I love, I do love that. I love, I being, love listening to something going like, I'm going to tell you how to make it great.
0: I love being on the, um, it was fun to be on the receiving end of that because I, when someone who's sort of a professional, like an actor friend called me yesterday and he said, um, and a real yeah. working actor, like a, on a network television show and he called and he's like, I wrote, uh, I wrote a a half hour. I've really been working on it. Can I send it to you? I know you're really busy. I know you're in the middle of making your thing. And I said, I'll read it and I'll give you just like a read. Yeah. But I gave him a version of Michael's speech, which is what I do. I said, but if you're really doing this because you really want to know how to make it something that could get made. Yeah. I know. Then we might have like a horrible conversation in a week from now. Because I'm gonna, like, I, I don't know.
1: You got to do it. if you want. You want to be a professional, then, then, then that. you got to you set your ego aside and let's get to work. Because your job is to put something great out into the world. And if that's and if that's not your goal, don't do something. Do something else. Yep. Do something else. Beat the
0: shit out of yourself. You I mean, can that's have a why hobby.
1: I, it's great to have hobbies. It's great to have hobbies. But I honestly feel like our goal and our mission is to put something great out into the world. Great as defined by I gave a shit. I did it as much like I worked on it as much as I could and I didn't I didn't let my ego like Oh would I really like that line, Brian, I don't wanna change it just because I can't rhyme it. Right. Boo hoo hoo. Go back to songwriting school.
0: Yeah, why should I put a bridge in this song?
1: Yeah. But I couldn't. I mean, it wasn't within my... I couldn't. I like. No, I, I believe I, me. I, I would. I, I, I probably would have if I, if I could have, but I just... It's, but back then, it was like inspiration, and then it runs out, and then I don't have like craftsmanship to, to keep going.
0: No, and the craftsmanship is... So, no, no. Look, I wouldn't change... No, the, it's so funny that you say that, because to me, that song in particular is exactly what it's supposed to be to. It's supposed to be under three minutes. Yeah. That is what yeah. you... you cap, it's because you know why? You captured them. The song's about, I mean, you just. Yeah. I mean, right. It's another. Yeah. I mean, it's, mm. you captured this second in time. And so how, how long you do that? How yeah. long, right. How long can you really do that yeah.
1: for? And some songs don't want to be. Yeah. In order. I mean, it was like, this kind of really raw, this folk song. Like sometimes the songs don't want to be really crafty and you'd have to keep that in mind too.
0: But when you beat the shit. So the thing is what you want, right. And um, what Michael was really saying to me, which is great is like. Look, dude, beat the shit out of yourself before you give it to me.
1: Yeah.
0: Like actually, right. because the truth is I say, right. I, I, like I say now, I, I like I write songs as a hobby, but the truth of it is I kill myself writing. Like I write songs right. and I take it. I'll listen to Unbelievably, it. I'll play I'll something. I'll listen to it. But I'm I, gonna be, it
1: I'm gonna, I just want to tell you beforehand, I'm going to be the horse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, but I work like so hard doing it because it's the only way it's actually a release for me. Yeah. Is to have like the hyper. like um, the only way you can take me out of my other life the thing you want doing any kind of art, like I always try, I'm sure, I, I mean, it's probably part of why you do acting sometimes or why you'll do other things is like, I always find that you really try to do some other art form with everything that you have. Yeah. It somehow benefits not only that thing, but your primary. I agree.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: You're a primary thing. Why do you do the acting?
1: Just because I, I, I don't. I want to say yes to stuff when people ask me. I mean, that's really it. Like, I'm not, I think acting's really hard. I don't understand how people do it. I think they're, it's magic and amazing when people are really good at it. Ted is really good at it. I'm really envious of it. I, I'll, I'll do it in certain circumstances where I feel like, especially like comedy stuff, you know, where I would like, I just did a thing with Fred Armisen. And, I, you know, I'll say like, "Sure, tell me exactly what to do. I will do it exactly because my goal is to be funny for you. And I will do, there's like no ego. I want it to be funny. I'm not going to generate funny, you know. Uh, so I did, but I mostly, I want to say yes to stuff because it's good to do stuff you can't already do. It's good to to try to do things that you're not already good at.
0: I think so too. When, when you did Lebowski, did you know that that movie was going to have the cultural significance that not, it had? Not at all. <laughs> like when you first saw it?
1: Not at all. I mean, I thought it was like a crazy goofball, you know, uh, Busby Berkeley, you know, Fever Dream, and it was glorious. But I, I just didn't think at all that people would, you know.
0: Have you played at a Lebowski fest? Have you done no, it? No, no, no. Have it's, you gone to one?
1: No, I've heard about them. That's how have you not played terrifying? at a
0: Lebowski fest? They have to ask you. They have to really ask you to do it. Now that they know you like saying yes. Um, when you listen to songwriters like uh, Jenny Lewis or Neko Case or any of these people, and or when you read about people who say, "Oh, these people are inspired by." Amy Mann or their music sounds like that. Or does it make sense to you? Do you hear your influence in?
1: Um, I don't know who I've, who, I don't know who I, who, I don't know who, who is, who says they're influenced by Jenny.
0: You know, uh, when I listen to Jenny Lewis, I hear a lot of you. She's a terrific songwriter, but when I listen to her music, I hear you. I hear what you do in a good way. Not like she's ripping you off, but I,
1: I don't necessarily hear it, but I am, and I'm not as familiar with her, um, uh, stuff is is uh like I got Nico's last record which I just think is fabulous, I think she's so such a great writer and so interesting um i don't but i don't you know you don't think I of yourself
0: as someone who like was a in any way a a a trailblazing i don't
1: figure. i don't know i don't that would be nice to think i mean but you I, don't, I don't think know. about it i don't think about it I don't necessarily hear it, but maybe if I hear something i like that I like it because it's got I'm, some of you in yeah. it. I'm gonna quote Mike a song of Michael's because it's yeah. the greatest thing. Once you think he likes you, you like the way he thinks.
0: <laughs> sure. <laughs> 100%. That's pretty
1: much my motto.
0: What um what matters to you now other than the work? What else gives you joy?
1: Um I like my hobbies and recreation.
0: Like what turn? Like what matters to you? What matters yeah.
1: to me? I really In the way songwriting matters to you. I really like the idea of uh, knowing what makes people work and being self-aware and uh, very interested in in uh, brain stuff and and 12 step stuff and all of it. I think it's all useful and you know, I mean, I guess like it's the quest to be become a better person or a more self aware person or more. You know what I really like lately, last few years, is the idea of becoming a mature person, which is a concept that has completely flown out of the window. I think for for the last couple of generations, and people don't really have a definition of it. And uh, what's your working definition of it? Well, actually, I mean, in because I go to 12, 12 step meetings. Um, they they have like a checklist for maturity. Well, I can't, I don't have it memorized, but it's like able to take criticism without undoing. And you're like, what? Who? What kind of, you know, hears about the successes of others and is yeah. happy for them. Like, no, who, what kind of, yeah, what? what kind of God-like creature? But it's, it's I, I like the idea that there's, that there is, you know, there are people who are thinking about what it means to be mature and striving towards that, and I would like to be one of them.
0: That could so be an Amy Mann
1: song title, What Kind of God? <laughs>
0: is, I'm just not about a God, yeah. just about someone who can take criticism. Yeah. <laughs> or
1: can yeah, handle. Yeah. Uh, God bless him. I mean, when I meet somebody who makes a mistake and then immediately sort of admits it and apologizes, you're like, it is amazing to watch. It's amazing. You're like well done, that's the way to do it. Not like, well, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm sorry you know, that, yeah. that you were hurt by what yeah. I did. I guess it's a separate yeah. thing. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, in a way, it's like just being authentic, like figuring out how to be authentically yeah. what you are. Like there's this quote. That Stepping I, up
1: to the plate, yeah.
0: I think the thelonious Monk quote, I heard it from Pendulet, but I think it. He, he credits Monk, which is with saying, um, he credits Monk who was a crazy person, but with saying the one who's the most uh, the most like, uh, his authentic self is the genius.
1: Yeah. That's nice.
0: And I think that that, that, that idea, right. Yeah. Of, like actually becoming what you are. Well,
1: I think self-awareness is, is huge in creativity and huge in, in success because I mean, I'm sure you see this all the time. It's like everybody, everybody has that brilliant friend who gets in their own way who complains about how if only this person wasn't doing that, and that person would hire them, and you're like, dude, oh, wow. my God. I did not know. You could be so huge if only you weren't so, so crazy. And, I like, didn't know Kevin Sackio was going to come up on this. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: didn't know you were going to
1: bring up Kevin. Kevin Sasha.
0: Kevin yeah. Sasha, is that how you say his last name? Sasha, yeah. I didn't know Kevin Sasha's name was coming yeah. up. And then,
1: <laughs> I mean, you didn't,
0: you didn't have to do that. Yeah,
1: it's it's and you see how everything funniest person
0: on Twitter, by the way. Not enough followers, you need to follow Kevin on Twitter. He's great, he's
1: a lovely guy,
0: hilarious. You guys sometimes
1: he's my boxing buddy when he lived in LA. We used to go to the wild card gym together.
0: That's how you became friends,
1: yeah. Yeah, we would box together. You have a
0: great Twitter when you guys go back and forth. It's highly, it's so
1: dumb. It's like one joke
0: yeah but it's really good We're it's really entertaining it. Thank so you. look I, mean, I know you have to go practice for a concert but um you know after this all the stuff that that happened and and the obviously the happy end to that story is that you did put whatever out and it changed your it did yeah. change your life right yeah what did it, I just because um when one goes through something like that and you do stick to your guns and then you are able to find a way to get the thing into the world and then it's received the way that was received at the time yeah what Like, do you remember what it felt like and what, how, how, like sort of you, the gift that you gave yourself by waiting?
1: I, well, I mean, I was really, I was really glad I did. I was very grateful to, to my, you know, Patrick Rains who had paid for this record and and working with John. I don't know. It was just so, I, I felt it was such like a wonderful creative thing and playing with John was so great. And I learned so much about music from him and, uh, you know, I think I just felt like everything was, there was a lot of creativity around me and I was really happy to just roll around in it. You know, it was really gratifying. And do you
0: feel like you're still kind of living in the like the long tail of that, that like that enabled you to then have the creative life that you yeah. wanted?
1: Yeah, you know, one, one thing really led to another and, and the other, you know, I mean, obviously I had record company troubles after that, you know, because you're still in that system. But, you know, so the other big event in my life was being able to, to get off of uh, you know when Geffen had moved after Magnolia to, to be able to yeah. do your own to and have- I got off yeah and then put out my own records and oh that was the best like that was the greatest time but you know I feel I feel super fortunate I'm still I'm still making a living and and playing shows and I've you know I really uh, enjoy playing live way way more than than I used to you know it's it's become much easier and I work with great people and I love working with Ted he's hilarious and it's super fun to be on stage with and you know, I don't know, like I, it's, I feel like I can kind of do whatever I want. Like, honestly, the person who gets most in my way is myself. And that, so I'm convinced of that. And that is like, that's what I work on, you know, how to, I mean, like playing live, a big part of it was working on, you know, like letting stuff go. You just have to let it go. You make a mistake, let it go. Because you can really work yourself up into, you know, I made a mistake. I forgot this thing. I screwed up. The nice. audience is going to know this is going to be the show that starts the downward spiral of, spiral of my career. You, you can actually do that mistake. to yourself? Oh, completely. Completely. And you're on stage and you're in the middle of a song and you're panicking. Now you're panicking because all you're thinking about is that mistake. And then your panic totally freezes your brain. You make another mistake and it's just, you know, it's a disaster. So I just go, let it go. It's in the past. Can't change it. Go, just move on
0: and so is that why I gotta
1: practice it over and over and over but I've gotten really good at it so like it's a lot more fun to play
0: because yeah you can let them you know just because you know care. the yeah. audience doesn't give a shit
1: they don't care they're,
0: they're not coming to see you like they're gonna they come see Jaco Pastorius yeah, they don't it, know
1: they don't notice or you know or it's like I'll stop a song if I forget a sure. lyric I'll just stop a song I don't care and just it makes do again it more to fun we bring this back to
0: David Lee Roth I mean just yeah. do what he does go like I forgot the fucking words oh my god and make it
1: a great yeah. thing that's yeah so that's, that's part of it. But like, you, you know, just, it's hard though, because you know, in life, it's hard to let stuff go. Something happens, like whether it's, you know, something dumb, like a parking ticket, but I tell you, a parking ticket can ruin your day. Yes. Because you go, I feel, now I feel targeted by fate. And, uh, I know like you laugh, but like, you must've had that. Don't you have that? Like, what is it that I'm doing? Nothing's going right, man. No, you I'm know, targeted by fate itself. Because I'm a committed
0: atheist, I don't play that game.
1: Dude, the worst people about blaming fate... For their, I guess I'm just unlucky. I guess it's just what? how it's going to be. You can't say that, that if you're an atheist. Those, you're not even allowed
0: to say that if you're an can atheist. Tell
1: every goddamn atheist, I know, that's all he does. Except so, this like, complain, fucking atheist complain right here. Yeah. You can't. Fate itself is against me. Uh, yeah, well, like, like I've had athe-
0: atheist friends who um, <laughs> will throw salt over their shoulder, and I'm like, dude. I know. Look what you're doing. You, you, there, yeah. you can't have the yeah. one if you don't have the yeah. other. You, you, it's reason or yeah. no reason as you process it. Yeah. So, um, no, I will never, no, I agree like, it's all my, you know, it's all my fault, which is why, you know.
1: Or they're out to get me. That guy's out to get me. I don't know. I mean, you can make a terrible narrative out of out of but everything. But you stop yourself now. You got, yeah, I do. And b- b- what I realize, like, you have to practice it like everything else. You have to notice you're doing it and you got to shut it down. You can't roll around in that, you know, like kind of self-pity or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, don't roll around in self-pity.
1: It's tough, man. It's hard because it's hard to know your own habits of thought and then break them. You know I just read this thing that said uh, when when an event happens in somebody's life that fits into a narrative they already have you get a little hit of dopamine. Yes. I'm like, "Oh my god, that really explains it." Because and if you have a narrative that says like I'm victimized by life, I don't have any control over anything and something fits into that narrative, it's hard to let go, it's hard to like extract you got to dig it out. The it's story really that we,
0: because the story that explains yourself to yourself, especially right. if it's a negative story, has this yeah. tremendous power. It's crazy. But obviously you've worked hard to break it. You
1: got to work constantly. I really think it's like, it's, uh, that's my priority. Like it's more, you know, cause it's the thing that de- derails everything else.
0: Well, listen, I have very few regrets in my life and I've always regretted that I wasn't able to do a better job of protecting you um, from the music business. It's really been a thing that I've like.
1: Well, Buddy, it was out of your no, hands. No, so no yeah, you know. but it was
0: still. I made a promise to you, and I couldn't keep it. And I've, I've. It's really always bothered me because there are very few promises I've ever made that I wasn't able to keep. So
1: well, it's very sweet and, of
0: you and to, to uh, care. I, yeah, I do. Yeah. And um, you know, your music is just look at the risk of. I don't care. People can write whatever they to me. But um, I mean, at the risk of it, you know your work has been like so important to me in my life. So thanks for it and keep making records. Thank you. Thank
1: you so much for saying that.
0: No, it's true. People, if you don't know Amy's music, um, what's wrong with you? So (laughs) the last record is the both, which is Amy Mann and Ted Leo, um, as a band. And it's a really fun, uh, combination of a whole different bunch of kinds of music with great melodies. And, um, every single one of Amy's solo records is filled with gems and uh, go listen to Coming Up Close and like if I ever meet you somewhere and it's really late maybe I'll tell you who that song is about <laughs> say it alright Amy thank you so much thank you people can find Amy on Twitter uh, her, your website is amyman
1: amyman.com
0: and your records are available sure are there some of them are
1: yeah they must be
0: you can find her on Twitter and you can find me on Twitter uh, Brian Koppelman if you want to email me themomentbk at gmail.com um, if you send me a script or anything like that I'm no longer going to send throwing it in the trash I'm going to send it to Michael Penn to critique So don't do it. Uh, All right, everybody. See you next week. Thanks for listening.